all things. <laughs> Joshua 1.9 says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Holy Creator, we ask for your presence this morning. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our blessed Redeemer. Amen. So, happy Father's Day, everybody. A lot of awesome dads out there. I have a question for you this morning. What do you call a thousand, a thousand rabbits walking backwards? Anyone? A receding hairline. <laughs> yes, I happen to love dad jokes. <laughs> They're dumb, but I find them funny for whatever reason. My husband, who many of you know, has turned dad jokes into an art form. His dad jokes stem from him taking everything literally. For example, if his phone is ringing and I say, is that you? His reply is, no, that's my phone. <laughs> he has many of these. <laughs> my kids call these Danisms. Of course, having a sense of humor as a parent is a good thing. It's really a necessity. Parenting is no easy job, so introducing some levity as well as being able to laugh at yourself is very helpful. But as the video said, let's face it, being a parent, a dad in this case, is no joking matter. I've had many father figures over the years my own dad liked to tell the occasional joke, but I'm afraid most of them would not be appropriate in this setting. <laughs> um, he also had his favorite sayings. Uh, if we complained of being bored, he'd tell us to go run around outside and get the stink out of us. I don't even know what that means. Uh, if we stood with the refrigerator door open, he would say they're not showing a movie in there. And when there were two of us together, there's six kids in my family, when there were two of us together, uh, he loved to say, here comes Mutton Jeff, which I guess is from an old comic strip, but we'd look at each other and, you know, you're Mutt, that kind of a deal. <laughs> when one of my older siblings were going out on a date or something, he would always say, remember who you are and where you come from. He wanted us to remember that we're part of a larger family. And when we were out in the world, we represented all of us. Of course, I have lots of stories, as I'm sure many of you do, too. My dad was far from perfect, but he taught us many things, and I never questioned his love for me. Unfortunately, my dad died on Christmas Eve, 1979, at the age of 45. I was in the 10th grade. My little brother was just nine years old. 
I mentioned I've had many father figures. Well, after my dad died, my oldest brother, Rick, became a father figure to the rest of us, and especially for me and my little brother. And when my mom died four and a half years later, Rick took us into his home with his wife and his two little kids, always supportive and there for us. I had two sisters that were married at that time, but there was just never any question as to where we were going to go. Um, Rick wanted us with him. Rick was not and is not a perfect man, but he was there when we needed him, is always there when we need him, and continues to model this selfless love. Being a parent isn't easy. I'm sure you'd all agree. In this country, we have an alarming number of children raised fatherless every year. According to the United States Census Bureau, nearly 18.5 million children grow up without their fathers. And that has led the United States to owning the title of the world's leader in fatherlessness a title I don't think we want. Unfortunately, there are many people who do not have wonderful memories of a parent. So when we celebrate Mother's Day and Father's Day, I try to be careful about what I say, try not to make any assumptions. For some, it's difficult to refer to God as a loving father because they have no experience with that. They've been abandoned, mistreated, possibly both. And just to be clear, God is neither male nor female. God is not human. Numbers 23:19 says, God is not a man. God is not human. Therefore, God does not lie. God's mind does not change. God has never failed to act and has never made a promise that wasn't carried through. Psalm 27.10 says, Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. And that's the message today. God uses you and me to share these truths with the people around us. When we become believers, we've been adopted by the Creator. 2 Corinthians 6.18 says, And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. As parents... As followers of Christ, we're to take our cue from God. I know some amazing people who are stepping up, helping at-risk kids. There's teachers and coaches, neighbors, youth leaders, pastors, and the list goes on and on. On Wednesday nights in this building, we have many fringe kids 
I have talked about this before. And what do I mean by fringe? These are kids who are completely unchurched, whose parents are absent at best, abusive in many cases. And while there are moments when we want to throw our hands up and walk out, <laughs> I rejoice that these kids are here, that they're around adults who pay attention to them, people that are kind, stern when necessary, but showing the love of Christ by feeding them a meal, both figuratively and literally, speaking to them, asking questions about their lives, telling them they're loved, showing them they have worth. This is not easy work. <laughs> and yet, we have adults that return week after week to help with this. This maybe seems like a good moment to insert a dad joke. <laughs> I have my dad joke book. <laughs> I went to McDonald's and ordered two large fries. They gave me about 75 tiny ones instead. <laughs> okay, back to the sermon. My main piece of scripture today, what I read at the beginning of the message, was Joshua 1.9. I can only imagine how Joshua felt as he was preparing to lead the Israelites after the death of Moses. I mean, wow, how do you succeed Moses? That's daunting, right? God speaks directly to Joshua and tells him to be strong and courageous. In fact, he says that three times in that chapter. The last time adding, this is my command. This kind of work leading others takes strength and courage. Whether you're leading your own family or you're out in the community trying to help lead others. And to lead others can be frightening, right? I mean, as parents, that's what we do, and, and there's all that responsibility, knowing this person's life is in your hands. Even if we have no biological children of our own, it's really scary to put yourself out there. There's that fear of, of rejection. My own husband is a great example of someone who wants to impact someone else's life. He, he's very active in the building on Wednesday nights. He's gone to camp with youth, played broomball with them, and that wasn't even all that long ago. He feels strongly about letting these kids know they have worth and they are important. Dan and I have a blended family. We were married in 2018 and promptly realized, hey, wow, now we both have additional kids. Cool. <laughs> Dan has loved my children, 
my grandchildren as his own, showing them unconditional love, making time for them, and setting an amazing example as a godly man. None of this is easy. And we may get to a point in our life where we feel, you know, I've paid my dues. It's me time. But in this life, we are never done. We are never done. God will still use us, wants to still use us. There are people out there who can benefit from our experience, from our examples. Maybe there's a neighborhood kid, a niece, a nephew. If you have kids of your own, maybe, maybe it's one of their friends, or, or maybe it's spending time with a grandchild. And I'm not talking about sitting someone down and setting them straight. I'm afraid that's usually unproductive. Real impact comes when we create relationships. I'm doing a devotional right now on Romans 8. It's titled Renew by Timothy Keller. This past week, uh, it went over uh, verses 14 and 15 from Romans 8. Through these verses, uh, we're reminded again that we are adopted into God's family. We are not born as God's children. In the Roman world, says Keller, a wealthy, childless man may have adopted an heir. Upon being adopted, the new son's debts would be canceled. They would receive a new name from their new father. The adopted father would then be liable for his son's actions, and the new son had an obligation to honor his father. Do you see the parallel here? And when I say the son had an obligation to honor his father, that's not coming from a place of fear of rejection. It's not like, you know, a demanding boss, do it my way or you're fired type of a thing. The relationship we have with God is one of confidence because we know we are loved unconditionally. We can never out-sin God's grace, God's love for us. We want to obey out of love. God has set the example we're to follow as parents, mentors, friends. I'm going to talk about my other brother for a minute. He's my little brother, although he's the tallest of the six of us. My brother, Mark, married late in life. He was married for the first time in 2018 at the age of 48. His wife's name is Shelly, and she has children from a prior marriage. 
I had the honor of officiating at their wedding. Prior to that day, Shelley shared uh, with me some things her children had written for Mark. I'm going to share a little bit of each one for, with you. Her son said, Mark is a caring and loving person who seems to only want to lift up those around him and is filled with nothing but positivity and offering a great outlook on any situation. Another son said, thank you to the man who makes my mom happy. You have the patience that this family needs and the compassion that lifts us all up. And thank you for getting the dishes all those times. Jokes aside, I can honestly see how much you've grown into the role of a beloved father. Thank you for showing my mother what it's like to get the love she deserves. A daughter wrote, despite never having kids, Mark has integrated myself and my siblings into his life seamlessly. I truly believe that he cares for us the same way he does for his own family, and we have felt it in his generosity and always heartfelt words of advice. And the youngest said, I am excited to have Mark as a bonus dad. He makes everything better. Mark's not perfect. <laughs> but as I read... what Shelley's children had written about my little brother. I was overjoyed. This man who lost his father at age nine and his mom at 14 had become this amazing person. And so this is also a victory for my older brother. And I'd like to think maybe us four girls had a part of that as well. <laughs> I have no idea how my parents felt about the job they had done raising their six kids. They both died young. But in that moment, I realized how proud they would be. You think... You don't have anything to offer. Or perhaps you think you're messing it all up. Maybe you think you're just too old, too busy, too fill in the blank. But I'm here to tell you, never underestimate the impact you may have on someone's life as a parent, an uncle, an aunt, a neighbor, a mentor. Just like Joshua, may we be strong and courageous as we lead others following God's example of a loving parent. Give us the strength and the courage to lead the next generation. Through our words and our actions, with our very lives, God, 
for those watching who want to know more about a relationship with you through Jesus Christ, please bring the right people into their lives. Give them the courage to reach out and ask questions and help us to be those right people. May we follow your example of tenderness and compassion, your unconditional love. Thank you for your abundant blessings given freely. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.